Welcome to Mobile Rolling, uh, the Monday morning edition here in South Australia. And uh, it's, uh, well, the sun's shining at the moment. There's a bit of cloud around. The breeze is slightly still there at the moment. But we've got a big eight race card coming up from headquarters at Globe Derby this afternoon, kicking off in just over an hour and a half from now. Our special guest this morning on Mobile Rolling is going to be former harness race caller here in South Australia. Of course, he's only been out of the game for 24 hours. Uh, is Jimmy Jakes, and Jim's about to join us on Mobile Rolling. Good morning to you, Jim. Hello, Tim. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. How are you feeling? First day in the retirement chair. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Saturday night went really well, Tim. Uh, my final night on the program, mm. there's a lot going on. I struggled to keep up with everything that was going on that uh, we teed up. And uh, But, yeah, look, I'm... Uh, yeah, look, I definitely, uh, the week before when we had the Southern Cross final, when I went hard with the Cobber and, and Jaws of Lincoln race, my voice was stuffed totally after that. So, you know, that convinced me I made the right decision to, to pull the pin. Um, and, you know, I've said before, I've had more sick days in the last six months than I've had the previous 20 years because of my voice. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a really good run, Tim. Really enjoyed it. Mm. And, and Saturday night was really special. There's some really special moments there on Saturday night when I was at Globe. Yeah, exactly. And you can tell us about those, Jim, because um, I only tuned in for a couple of races. I was working during the day at Morfordville, but I tuned in for the last race. But I tuned into a race earlier in the evening. I could hear you laughing in the background and it seemed like you were relaxed. And were, were there a little bit of nerves leading into that meeting on Saturday night or how did you feel going to the races? Well, actually, look, you know, I've had people, messages everywhere from all over Australia, basically. There's only, only two areas that haven't sent me messages uh, from the territories, Australian Capital Territory and Northern Territory. So I've had messages from every state of Australia. I've had phone calls from Malaysia with Mark Lidimore and, and mm. uh, New Zealand with Chris Simpson and, and even uh, email from Michael Evans who's in Japan right now, you know, so from all over the world. And look, I, I, I try to, look, as far as emotions are concerned, I can't control it when I'm calling a race and calling two great horses in battle. But mm. as far as personal, I, I, I tend to have a little bit of practice in that because I've often been asked to uh, be the person, go up and, and speak at funerals and stuff like that for family members and friends. And, and I've been able to control my emotions personally over the years. And, and it was never going to be an issue. And I've always had a lot of people say, well, you know, you'll be emotional and all that sort of stuff. But mm. I've got to say, I um, I did get butterflies in the afternoon when I started thinking about things, a bit similar to when you're going to call a major race. And I, mm. I guess you get the same thing where you get a few butterflies at all, or mm. adrenaline rush or whatever. Uh, but yeah, got through the night okay. And, and Priscilla called the. Uh, she was in the box, my wife Priscilla, in the yeah. last race, and we got through the last race. And, and she was the one that was crying, not me. So. <laughs> 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 But look, it was. It started off where a lot of family members were there. Priscilla, her father, Andy, was there. And Andy used to train horses, Andy Stewart. And uh, he was up in the box in race four uh, watching the race call with uh, his, his daughter, Joanne, Priscilla's other sister. And it was just so appropriate because Steam Clean won the race. David Smith mm. drove it. And, and Bronny Giorgio was the trainer for Bob and Zita Maloney from the southeast. And Andy was good friends with, uh, with Bronte over the years. So it was quite fitting. And, and then we had uh, Joanne, uh, uh, like her uh, daughter, uh, Stephanie was out there, Priscilla's other sister, Lee, was there, and my mum was there, Marie, and then my daughter's uh, Sarah with, with her partner, Jamie, and, and grandson, Lewis, and, and Jamie, Jamie Miller's best mate, Craig, was there as well. And then, of mm. course, we had Jessica, my other daughter, with, with uh, her partner, Ty, and, and their two children, our grandchildren, Cyrus and Amari, 
And uh, we ended up, we did a family shootout on the track. Wally Bulliger, who was part of Atkins when what I used to call years ago, and now he's art life photography, he was kind enough to take a photo of us out on the track. So that was really good, really good uh, thing that happened. Mm. And then Simon Ewan, who was the chair of stewards on the night, he was really helpful throughout the day because I said, look, there's a few that want to get a, a ride in the mobile and start the race with Emma Johnson, the starter, and, and he picked mm. up four races for us. And, and it was really good with Craig, Jamie's best mate. Uh, he wanted to do race two. So when we were going out there, I was looking for the mobile, and I couldn't see the mobile at all, but it went to the stewards area. And I know over the years I've had problems when I go down to the stalls area. Uh, all I've got to get is a fresh fresh nip of fresh manure, and straight away it affects my voice box with all my allergies and so forth. But we were waiting in the chase where the horses come out uh, the race where they come out onto the track and all the drivers in race two oh jimmy and, and it was really good they made me feel mm. really important scott forby mario ball garen billinger michael smith his dad david uh danny hill who drove the winter party at the beach and, and dean girardi and of course i called dean Collins the 1990 in the dominion ponies final where uh, globe derby greg rogers and, and mick norman they all all made me feel really welcome and, and you know, wish me the absolute best of luck and a really funny thing happened, uh, Tim. Mm. Uh, we had a false start in race two, and of course Simon knew that I had Craig teed up to go in the mobile. And he, he rang me up. He said, "Jimmy said um, the reason for the false start. We had some numbskull sitting in the back of the mobile that pressed the <laughs> false start button." <laughs> but obviously he was joking. It was caused through the intractability of the, of the pole horse, you know. But yeah. look, all, all that sort of built up to something really good on the night. Yeah. Mm. Um, Jim, uh, of course, Danny Hill won the last race and, of course, um, probably holds a fair bit of connection with yourself because, as you mentioned, the night that you lost your voice, she had that major injury. Now, she won the last race and I was watching the last race and I was thinking, well, it's going to be great if Danny wins this race. But I also thought uh, Steinman on the outside with those colours of Billinger's colours, of course, Come On Frank was a horse that you called for many years and some exciting races that he won. So I think either way it would have been a great result. Look, you've hit the nail right on the head, Tim, uh, because uh, in the end, um, yeah, of course, 12 years ago, you know, uh, 17th of May 2010, I lost my voice in the first race and Danny lost the sight of her eye in the last race, you know, and obviously she's bounced back from that. And, you know, I even lost count. I think there was five winners for the night for Danny to win that last race. And, and Shane Lynn, the trainer, he, he sent me a message saying, well, I'm really honoured that I trained the, the winner of your last race call. And, and basically, you're right about the Darren Billinger thing because Lachlan Stace, uh, who was the, the course announcer, he was there all night with his dad, Rob, and they were kind enough to give me a couple of gifts as well. And, and when you guys took me out for dinner on Wednesday night, Lockie put in for that gift as well, didn't he? Yes. He did, yeah, Jimmy. So, mm. But you're getting paid too much, Timbo. He bought me, <laughs> bought me another, another present. But all through the night, he, he, he played a medley of some of the major races. And one of those major races was when Come On Frank won the Southern mm. Cross. And that was not long after Kelly Billinger w was killed in that uh, car accident. And emotions were really high for, for Darren and Julie and the family. And Darren ended up um, coming to the bar afterwards. We had a few drinks after the last, and we kept the bar open later than what most people really uh, yeah. kept it open. And thanks to Kayla, the, the bar manager, for letting us have a few drinks there at Globe. But, yeah, look, Darren was there with, with uh, Julie, and, and we spoke about that. And, and Bosco Stamankovic uh, from Greyhound Racing, as you know, as a trainer, yeah. and, and, and Christine Costa, they were there as well. And, of course, Christine's yeah. brother Michael's doing so well in Dubai, but they were... 
they were there just to be there for my last call. And they they had a couple of drinks with us after the last as well. And basically, um, we were all together having a chat about that. And and uh, Bosco said, yeah, you should have heard Jimmy, Darren. He, he reckons you were out there having a crack trying to win that race. And Darren said, he said, don't worry about that. I was trying to win the race. I wanted to win the race 100%. So mm. you hit the nail right on the mm. head, Jim, though, that Darren was keen to win it. But as you know, Daddy won the race. And yeah, that's it, it, it's pretty pretty fitting, really. We've yeah. had a sort of like a, a little bit of an association over the last 12 years since that bad accident. Yeah, exactly right. Jim, stay with us if you can. Uh, just got a race yeah. at Ipswich. Jim's been kind enough to, to stick around with us here, Jim. And um, I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. We, we, we've spoken about your last race here on Saturday night. But uh, we had a bit of a chat on, on Wednesday night when we went out for dinner. And, and we were talking about, you know, proud moments for you. And obviously, Smoking Up's race that you were able to call him winning the pacing cups were, were, were certainly some of those. Um, what about Wavell? I know we touched on that, Jim. I know it holds a, a big place in your heart. Um, tell us about the night at Wavell. I know it's one of the biggest thrills in your harness racing career. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, it was look, you know, I've been a little bit critical for some things that South uh, Harness Racing SA have done. And one was obviously when they changed the distance from 2600 to 2230 with the SA Cup after smoking up uh, Beat Caribbean Blaster. Uh, and, you know, I, I got my nose out of joint with that. But what they did to take the racing to Wavell was absolute kudos to them, Tim. It gave people the opportunity to see what harness racing can be, you know. And, look, I think they had about 6,000 people there, but the atmosphere there was fantastic. It was electric. It was, it was sensational. It was something that I'd been missing out on for years and something that made me sort of lose... Uh, my love, I suppose, for, for my job a little bit yeah. uh, because, you know, there's, there's not much atmosphere when you go out to Globe Derby nowadays. But when we went to Wavell, it was it was fantastic, you know. And, and I tried really hard to, to inform because I've, I've got a bit of history, you know, a bit of knowledge about the sport, which I've built yeah. up over the years, you know. And that, that goes back from when I even before I even started in the racing because... You know, I'm, I'm a, a sixth-generation harness racing family, and we used to go to Michael Bob's and Uncle Rain's and just, you know, the family just sit around the kitchen table having drinks and just talking about the trots. And I, and I learned a lot by just listening to what the parents were saying as a kid, you know what I mean, and, mm. and their ideas and their thoughts and things that happened. And, and I was able to pass a lot of that on to the people in the crowd at Wavell, and it was... I went home, I, I was stuffed because it was a really hard night and a really hard week, but I was also, I had a spring in my step and, and really loved it. And, and yeah, like I say, hats off to Harness Racing SA uh, for taking the racing back the way. It worked really well. And I know it worked really well because Peter Lawrence, who was part of the um, stewards panel on that stage, right, he's now with Greyhound Racing SA, he was telling me that he was, he was using a golf buggy to transfer some of the invited drivers to presentations mm. uh, and, and interviews and, and and he went to Jeffrey Webster and Greg Sugars and said come we've got to go to the inside and they said no 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 we want to watch the race we're enjoying it too much you know what I mean yeah. so even, even the drivers and the competitors just loved it as well it, it was fantastic Tim it was a great night yeah fantastic well, night for sure Jim was it purely a cost thing that they didn't return to Wavell I think so. I think, I think, amazingly enough, they lost money on it, you know, and there was a few underlying charges from the Royal Show Society that they didn't realise they were going to mm. cop and they had to spend a bit more money to, to get the track 
to a suitable uh, thing. And, and they tried it again. They did it again uh, a couple mm. of years later, but the crowd wasn't there. The Melbourne wore off. And, and yeah. I, I think they probably made the right decision not, not, not to continue it there, Tim, because mm. it was just cost-effective. Yeah, cost it wasn't good. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've spoken about some of the great horses that you've called and probably uh, are in your heart. What about... What about the top three drivers who have driven in South Australia over your time in the 25 years that you've been calling, Jim? Who who would you rate as the top three? Yeah, look, Jeffrey Webster, definitely number one. I actually rang Jeffrey this morning because I got a message from him because what I've been doing, because as you know, Mark Matthews is, is taking over my my phone that I've got, the work phone, mm. so I've eliminated all the, all the phone numbers so it's not messy for him. Yep. And anyway, I got this number said, oh, how dare you, how dare you retire before I get my next champion. So I, I didn't know who it was. So I rang this morning, it was Jeffrey Webster. And I told him that, you know, James Lamb from Punters interviewed me the other day. And I said, I'll give you a, big, a bit of a rap. I said, you're the best that I've ever called. He said, no, nah, Uncle Dick was made the best ever, you know, Dick Webster, who he was. But Dick Webster was before my time, Tim. But in my mm. time... Yeah, definitely Jeffrey Webster. We, look, that era was very strong because we had three really top-class young drivers as youngsters around the 19 years of age. Chris Lewis was one who went to West Australia and Ross Sugars was the other one, yeah? And, mm. and they were always against each other. But I, I, I would rate them that um, Jeffrey Webster would be the best driver that I, I've called here in South Australia. Uh, Ross Sugars would be the second best. Uh, look, it's a really tight go for third. Um, look, nowadays, I suppose, I, I would probably... I think Ryan Ryhorick technically is probably... Um, yeah, probably would just scrape into third best, I'd say, but it's a really tight go for third. I, I did mention, I think, the best drive I've ever seen, and I did bump into him Saturday night uh, going to the bar, David Harding, uh, I said, oh, Dave, are you coming in and have a drink? He said, oh, I've, got, I've got to leave, Jimmy. He said, oh, Brooke, uh, his daughter, he, him and Daddy, Danny's daughter, Brooke, she was uh, being looked after by David's mum, Mary. So he said, I've just got to get Brookie from, from mum, but otherwise he would have been. But I did mention that, um, and it was on a horse called Greyback, and I do remember the date. It was the 21st of April in, in 2012, and I was calling a race at Port Pirie. I thought Greybuck was a great winning chance, but it was back in last placing. And David moved it out top of the front straight with a lap to go. And horses just came out in front of him. There was three other horses that came out in front of him. So he was he was three wide, four back. And I thought, how are you going to win from there, mate? You can't. Because that last turn at Port Period's treacherous. You just cannot possibly make any ground off the track that last turn. But hmm. David turned a negative into a, a positive. He just pulled... As soon as they got into the back straight, he just pulled Greybuck out four or five wide and just gunned him. And by the time they got to the home turn, he was in front. You know, that yeah. was probably the best drive with, with Naus that I've seen. There's been a couple others that have been really good, but probably that's the one that springs to mind to me is the best drive I've seen, yeah. All right, what's the plans in the next three months for you, Jim? Well, mate, I've, I'm just going to take it easy and enjoy life. Look, I've got a family history where people just die from cancer. I, I'm, I haven't been diagnosed of any, any death illnesses at this stage but you know probably won't be too that far away i mean my dad he died early 50s with cancer his dad uh, my dad was harold his dad was was jim and i was named after papa jim uh, he died in his late 50s cancer but they were smokers my sister debbie she died at 60 years of age so she got older than the guys but she died from cancer i mean i'll be 61 on wednesday uh, so at this stage, I'm still going. I've got a couple of tests that I've got to go through, which, uh, you know, a little bit concerning, I suppose, coming up uh, early January. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, at this stage, 
look, before I die, I'm just going to have a good time, Tim. And, you know, I, I, I made a mistake years ago where I had a dream when I was 19 years of age, a dream of my tombstone, my epitaph, saying, oh, Jim Jake's great guy, died at 35 years of age. So as a young bloke, I used to just live it up because I thought I was going to mm. be dead at 35. And then when I met my wife, Priscilla, at 21, told her about the dream, she said, I said, we'll have a big party um, when I'm 35 because yeah. of the dream, she said, no, no, we'll have a big party when you're 36. We'll celebrate the stupidity. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're about to start again. So I should have more money than what I really got because uh, I lived it up strong. But no, mm. we'll be right. Uh, one of the reasons why I'm retiring so we can tap into super, we'll get a nice mm. house, Tim, a nice car and just enjoy our, our three grandchildren and our mm. kids and, and just have a good time before we get, you know, where we can't help them a bit old mm. and, and, and bedridden, you know. Yeah, well, mate, you've been a fantastic ambassador for the sport here in South Australia, and you know, for for twenty odd years, you've been the voice of harness racing in South Australia, Jim. So uh, we wish you the very best of luck, and we thank you for the memories that you've brought all of us. And we hope to see you at the trots at some stage, I guess, in the next twelve to eighteen months, just for a social yeah. visit at least. Yeah, no, I'll be there, Tim. And look, if I can give you one little tip, I suppose, with you taking over as the, the harness commentator, something I tried to do when I first started commentating is get to know the people. And I knew a lot of the people because I was already involved in the sport. But whenever we had a visiting uh, interstate trainer or, or interstate driver, I'd always mm. go down to the stables and introduce myself. I'd welcome them to South Australia, get a bit of a history about them, learn about them, and, and it will help you with your job to to uh, relate to those people as well. And I've made some really good friends over the years because of that. And when I lost my voice 12 years ago, you know, in 2010, I stopped doing that because as soon as I went down the stalls area, mm. you know, it'd be like a bug that would just attack my voice and, and my voice would go awful. I'd, I'd, mm. You know, if I, if I touched a horse or a trainer and then rub my eyes, I'd, you know, I'd get all these uh, red eyes and my nose would start running off and I, I was calling races with a little snot running into my mouth because of the runny nose, you know what I mean? Mm. But, uh, mm. You haven't got allergies, you can get by that, but if that's one little tip, because... Harness mm. racing, they're all, all one family, Tim, you know, and we're part of that family. And uh, like any family, some family members don't like others. But, yeah, I think that'll that'll help you a little bit with your venture. And I wish you the absolute best of luck. I know you do a great job. You're a great commentator. And I remember the day seeing you as a young kid in, in the Cheltenham Grandstand practising as, as a young mm. punk. Uh, you've come a long way, Timbo. Well done. Thanks, Jim. Um, enjoy retirement and say hi to Priscilla for us. Good on you, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Jim. Jim Jakes there, um, former harness racing caller for Radio Tab and Sky Channel. Of course, he called his last race on Saturday night. Goes into retirement now, Jim, and we wish him the very best of luck.